Welcome everyone to episode five of Being Deskless with Ant Hell, where we share bite-sized advice for companies with deskless employees. I'm the world's most unlikely host, Jennifer Harris Crawl. I'm so excited about today's guest. She's the founder and CEO of Compt, an award-winning company that helps you not only offer perks to your employees, but simplifies administration and makes sure that you stay compliant. She also happens to share my passion for the deskless workforce. Welcome, Amy Sperling. Sorry, I had a glitch there while I was trying to do two things at once. Oh, good. Thanks <laughs> so much for having me. <laughs> Welcome, Amy. Uh, it, now people are going to think I don't know you, but, you know, we have <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> yeah, we go way back. Um, so to start off, what I'd love to do is have you share, in your own words, a little bit about Compt. Sure. So Compt is a platform that is really intended to help companies be really inclusive with their employee perks. You know, as a three-time former CFO, I wanted to get something to where everyone could do something that made them happy and the solutions on the market weren't cutting it because literally everybody wants to do something different. So with Compt, companies can set their parameters and guidelines, but every person can do something different and they can do it at scale. So you don't need a lot of administrative overhead, which is kind of nice too. So it's a good way to reach everybody, but keep your HR and finance teams very, very happy. I love that about this because you had the experience yourself and you decided to go out and build the solution after all the frustration you felt. I love those kinds of ideas. Yeah. It was one of those, like, if I didn't build it, I didn't know how I was going to build another company. Like as a CFO, I was like, I, I, I don't know how to do this. Like we can't do this manually anymore. This is a nightmare. Exactly. Okay. So Everyone knows that everyone is dealing with some talent retention issues in one way or another, um, trying to figure out how to keep and engage uh, awesome employees. At Ant Hill, we love to talk about how over 80% of the global workforce um, does not work in an office, but most of the software and overwhelming number of surveys and the research that's done are based on the needs of people who work in an office. Right. Um, it's one of the reasons I'm excited about having you on today, because I know you have some data. I'd love for you to talk about what the team at Compt has learned about perks for the deskless employees mm -hmm. as a retention incentive. Um, mm -hmm. So let's start with, tell us, what are perks? Yeah. So it's interesting. A lot of the, the industries and places that where you have that deskless workforce are things like, I mean, you obviously have retail and coffee shops and manufacturing and production, all kinds of things like that. So there's a lot of those industries have never done employee perks. If you're lucky, you might have short-term, long-term disability, maybe a retirement plan, usually some sort of insurance, but pretty run-of-the-mill stuff that's been around for you know, 40, 50 years, nothing interesting. So all these people, like when you start doing surveys and like getting into what the team wants, they want almost exactly what the office workers want. Like there's, they're human. So it's like, yes, I want to focus on my wellness. Yes, I want to focus on my family. So these are things that are not dissimilar. Where you find nuance and differences is if you have a highly compensated, you know, engineering team sitting in an office making six figures, you know, you're at a different income level a lot of times than this deskless workforce. So you can do things like, hey, there's bungee jumping. <laughs> almost no one's going to use it. You'll get one person, but it's flashy. You do that for a place where it's like, but I need gas just to get to like my Dunkin' Donuts where I'm working. That's kind of, it's a big miss, right? So it's, it's getting back to more of what the needs are for people at different, uh, at different places in their life. 
Okay, so I think for many uh, deskless employer uh, types that this is a new concept, right? Even offering perks like this to deskless employees. So can you share a little bit about why an employer should consider offering perks and what kind of results you've seen at Compt? Sure. So we're seeing like our fastest growing segments are actually in the deskless workspace. So a lot of construction, a lot of manufacturing, a lot of coffee shops. You see very high turnover. I mean, coffee shops and restaurants have always had very high turnover. It's higher now than it has been. But you're starting to see a lot of that hitting manufacturing and construction as well. And so you have to do something different to retain your employees. But you don't have the margins that a tech company has. You don't have the huge budgets that, you know, Google has. You've got to find a way to do this really efficiently, but reach as many people as possible. And so that's where we see this having a massive impact. We're on our third year, I think, now with a a railroad maintenance company in the Midwest that has 75% of their workforce is on a production room floor. Doesn't even have an email address. We had to figure all of that out with them where it's like, look, these people need something to, like, we need to do something to retain them. And they're doing a relatively small budget. They're doing a couple hundred dollars a year. But it's the coolest thing these people have ever had access to. And it gives them the power and the choice to be adults and manage their wellness in a way that matters to them in a really easy way. And so we're seeing where that has incredible retention impact for these companies, but also just, like, the cool factor in a way that another insurance policy will never get you there. Yeah. And, and cheaper, and, cheaper than yeah. another insurance policy too. Right. Um, and we've talked about this before, like specifically how a perk works. Like if one, if one, however the company does it, one quarter I'm interested in running, I can buy running shoes with my right. perk. If one, the next quarter I need gas or food or something else, I can use it for some. So explain a little bit more about the technical piece. Sure. So companies get to create what is essentially like a wallet um, that is kind of like the guardrails for the team. So let's use a couple hundred dollars a year as an example. So if you're doing a smaller budget, think, you know, average across companies, including a lot of those deskless spaces is about $1,200 per employee per year. So about $100 per employee per month. But Bigger budgets does not equate to bigger utilization. It's actually the crafting of the program. So you can get really good utilization with $50 to $75 per quarter per employee. And what you do with that, so quarterly is key there because, you know, $30 a month is not very interesting. $100 a quarter feels more meaningful. Like it's the, the mental part of that. But you give the employees basically this wallet that says, all right, here are the categories we're comfortable with. Wellness, family, maybe student loan repayment. You know, maybe you do some fun stuff. Maybe there's entertainment or home. We're seeing a lot of stuff around utilities right now as well. Um, so you put in whatever categories you're comfortable with, and then the employees pick and choose what they do. So there's no vendors on the platform because if you've got people scattered all over, like that's not going to work. If you're running, you know, a chain of coffee shops, then you know the coffee shops in one small town likely have like those people have access to different vendors than if you're in a bigger city, and so creating it to where people can spend in vendors they would already go to and then get reimbursed through payroll. And that's one of the things I loved when I learned about exactly what, what comp does is they can even shop local, correct? Mm -hmm. Like, so another way to support businesses in your community. Incredible. Yeah. Well, yeah, because a lot of the the alternative, if you're outside of like the insurance piece is to look at some sort of a vendor marketplace. Hey, here's 30 different vendors you could spend your money in. Those are never taxed correctly. So you're going to already have a big, huge mess that you're going to have to deal with on the finance side. But aside from that, 
if you look at the, the number of employees you have and say you have 100 employees on your team, on average, every employee wants to use three different unique vendors. So you have to have 300 vendors to make 100 people happy. That's not remotely feasible for anybody. Nor if you had all those vendors, would anybody scroll through to find the thing that they want? And so we've seen that consistently across our research where it's like, okay, like we looked at, we pulled a sample of 8,700 people last year and watched them for 12 months and they used 27,000 different vendors. Mm -hmm. Those marketplaces have like 20, 30 vendors on them. Those are all big box stores because you're trying to reach as many as possible. But 27,000 vendors, that's all money going into local communities. And that's really cool to see. So local coffee shops and chain, you know, local personal trainers and nannies and whatever else. Yeah. Whatever else. And for desk exactly. employees, like you said, could be different every quarter. Absolutely. Well, Non-desk employees. Um, and yeah, I love that you mentioned they didn't have a company email because we, whenever we start talking about that, people are shocked. Like, I mean, have you never not worked in a restaurant or done, you know, any kind of anything that under like, yeah, they don't have an email. So it is difficult to reach right. them. So this is an awesome it way is. to be able to do that. They do have to have a personal email. That's the only way to get into software. But they also, I mean, if you're giving them access to cash to spend on things that they can choose, right. they're going to give you like the, that was one of our conversations with that railroad company where they're like, oh, we don't have their emails. And I was like, well, how are you handling their payroll? And they're like, oh, we just made up email addresses. They're like, okay, how does that work? I was like, well, we're going to have to get actual email addresses for your people. And they're like, they're never going to give them to you. But we got almost 100% participation. Everybody gave it to us because we're not going to troll them with information. We're just giving them access to their benefits. Right. And for personal choices. So I exactly. think that's a very different conversation. Exactly. Um, so what kind of differences are you seeing between perhaps what a deskless, you know, company or uh, what those employees choose versus what a you know, company with mainly office workers choose? The difference falls more on socioeconomic levels. So it's less about deskless versus office and much more around like how much you're how much money you're making. So if you're deskless, but making six figures, which is, of course, possible. You want the same things that office folks want, you know, because you're of your income bracket. When you're in the lower pay scale, um, then you're looking at things that are closer to need. So groceries, rent, you know, gas, childcare, things that can help your life in a way that you know can solve for a need that you know you may need to have. Um, that's that's where we see um, the differences break down. But we see a lot of that stuff regardless of where you are socioeconomically as well. Um, we see plenty of folks that are like, you know what, like, I need help with my student loans. Like, this is great. And that doesn't have to be taxed. So um, there's not a huge difference in what people are actually looking for. Because again, people are human. And we all are living, like, lives are not that different. Your job is very different, but your life is not that different. You still have basic human needs. That made me think of two things. Well, first, you mentioned um, the socioeconomic part. And and I think that's also like a misunderstanding among people is that because right. you're deskless, you must make low wages. Right. And that's not true. If you think Definitely of not. people out in the field, yep. um, or electricians, pl like plumbers, like yep. all those kinds of people. Phenomenal um, money. Great living. Right. Um, they just don't have a company email, perhaps. Exactly. Um, yeah, and just are not sitting behind a computer every day. So how you reach them is going to be very different. But yeah, it's it, that's where the the type of benefits is less about deskless versus not, and much more socioeconomic. 
So that made the other thing I thought of is, so are you already starting to see changes in people's choices based on what's happening with inflation? Yeah, we are. I mean, it's, it's inflation. It's also the return to work, which is coupling with that inflation piece. So companies that really want those employees back in an office, for instance, are throwing money at employees to say, hey, yeah, now your lunch is going to cost $20 a day. We'll help with that. Or yeah. gas for commuting benefits. For folks that are deskless, we're seeing some of that for folks that have more field-related jobs because you know gas is obviously much higher. Um, and, and things along that line. Um, so we're definitely seeing, uh, depending on the behavior of companies trying to drive, see some of that. We're also seeing, I mean, we're starting to see a lot of layoffs as well, um, which I think a lot of companies are going to be seeing in a way that we didn't see through the pandemic because it was six more weeks, six more months. We'll just kind of ride it out. There was some PPP to help us all out. Right. Um, now it's more recession based, which means finance has a playbook. And that usually means cut and headcount. And so we are seeing some of that. But that's where employee perks actually get even more important. Because mm -hmm. the people that you have to on a smaller budget, keep the people you've got less happy. And they're still not it's not easy to hire in this market, even with the the layoffs, like it's this weird <laughs> thing happening right now. So Folks are trying to figure that out. Well, I know, I, you know, among my friends that are recruiters, the minute a company announces layoffs, they are on LinkedIn or wherever trying to Absolutely. find those people like, and hire them right away. So I exactly right. There's still um, there's still jobs to be had, if, yeah. but there's also like it's it's in different sectors is where we're seeing like more tech company layoffs than we've seen in the past couple of years. Fewer like it's not shut down of the the coffee shops kind of thing that was happening during PPP when we couldn't or during COVID when we couldn't go out. So it's just it's hitting a different sector of the markets. What's so hitting like the, the office workers now in a way that a lot of the deskless were hit over the last couple of years. Exactly. Very interesting. Um, I'm going to move on to a couple other subjects, but um, are there other things that you've learned from the data that you want to share about perks and deskless employees particularly? Well, we have seen is that the, the retention is higher than normal um, for most companies. So, you know, there's retention numbers out on the market. Obviously, like there's a lot more turnover when you look at um, a deskless space. Typically, not every single industry, not all deskless employees or we're in the same exact industry, obviously. But what we have found is that for companies that are um, using comp and Again, it's I think it may be leading to what their internal philosophy is, not just a function of our yeah. software. I don't take credit for all of this, but on average, they grew 147 percent over the mm -hmm. past two and a half years. So unlike in the market where companies are shrinking and having massive turnover, we see so much less turnover for these companies that are putting perk stipends in place. And again, part of that is philosophy and yeah everything else that's happening in that company. And then I think the, the stipends is more of a reflection of that too. So it's, it's more of a philosophical change, I think, that's happening in the market. I'm sure. And I agree with you that it's part of an overall philosophy of uh, companies understanding that they need to be an employer of choice and grasping yeah. that early on. Um, yep. I'm sure you'll see more people follow. Um, but yeah, it definitely, those, it's starting to pay off for those companies that, yep. that decided early. Um, okay, so we talked about what you do. We've talked about deskless employees in particular. Let's talk a little bit about the administration side. Uh, what's involved in in offering perks through Compt? Not much, honestly. Like once you you do the setup, you know the setup can take you know 
30, 45 minutes. If you're a company that's less than a couple hundred, it can be, you know, a couple of hours if you're bigger. Like it's not a heavy lift and we help you through all of it. It's very much a white glove process. And then from there, it's just processing things for payroll. So it's kind of a set it and forget it you know, approach to employee perks versus what was what happens if you try and bring in all kinds of individual, you're like, oh, well, we've got a mental health app and we've got, you know, a childcare thing and maybe some food delivery and like all those things. You have to do constant communication so employees know this thing exists. You got to find some way to track what they're using because you got to tax them on a lot of this stuff. And then you got to like figure out, all right, if we gave, even if you did like an ad hoc stipend concept of like, okay, you've got a hundred dollars this quarter to use on wellness. When they come back six weeks later and they're like, well, how much do I have left? And you're like, Bleh. <laughs> not going to do spreadsheet math. Damn it. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. And so like, this is the easier way where you don't have all that administration and it's being taxed correctly and it can reach all of your employees and you just get much better utilization. Normal employee perks when you're pulling in various vendors, if you're lucky, 5% of the team will use each individual vendor. Whereas if you move to something like stipends, we see on average 90% utilization. So just off yeah. the charts ability to reach a team because every person can do something different. Even if all you do is wellness, every right. person can use a different vendor for wellness, whether it's a different pair of running shoes or a different mental health app or, you know, healthy meal delivery or whatever it is. Um, and so it just allows for a lot more personalization. That's awesome. And it's, it, um, you know, I love the concept of complicated under the hood, but super easy to drive. <laughs> Push the button, get the treat. That's what I tell my team all the time. Like, make this easy for me. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to remember that one. Um, okay, so let's talk about compliance considerations. So what do employers need to consider about that? So with, again, normal employee perk strategies, like the insurance stuff is already being taken care of. Like there's those companies go through lots of compliance stuff. But when you start with dipping your toe into the employee perk side of things, you got to look at the taxability. The IRS is pretty clear that a lot of this stuff is taxable income to employees. And when you're talking about deskless, who may also be like deskless also doesn't necessarily mean hourly. Deskless right. just means deskless. So you could be salaried, give fewer concerns there. But if you have hourly employees, you need to also look at, all right, how does this impact their hourly wages? If you were offering a bunch, it could jack up their hourly wage and you need to work into overtime and all of those things. So all of that gets very, very complicated quickly. Our software does all of it, basically. So you set the budget, employees go do their things, and it just gets reimbursed easily and automatically through payroll so that everybody is on the same page. Nobody can go over budget. Just, you know, all the filings happen with, you know, for your taxes through your payroll system. So there's no extra tax forms and it's easy for employees. Like let's keep it straightforward. I love that about it too. The benefits of being, do you say a three time CFO in case people didn't catch that? <laughs> yeah. You're very aware of all those pay yeah. points. So you, yeah, um, yeah that's awesome. Um, so how, how does it work then if an employer wants to get started? Like how do you, how do they decide an amount? How do they walk us through what that looks like? Sure. So we, we like to have that conversation with companies because, again, it's not about the money that you're offering as much as it is around the flexibility. For companies that have bigger budgets, they may want to do more than one stipend. And we don't get paid, by the way. No matter how much money you put on the platform, we don't make more money. So where our goal is not to get you to spend more money. Our goal is to help you get to the outcomes of retaining your people better and reaching your team. So if you're doing something that is a, you know, 
on-call worker like out in the field maybe you want to think about things that like creating a stipend for them maybe you want to do different stipends for part-time versus full-time employees maybe you want to think about professional development being on its own like so the bigger the budget the more we're going to help you segment the smaller the budget the more we want you to pull a bunch of things into one place to give the employees the most bang for their buck and you the, as the company the most ability to reach everybody on the team but that's all part of the conversation like we'll bring all of our data to that to make sure that you're getting the outcomes that you want and you can still do whatever you want if you don't want to do it the way we're recommending that's totally cool we, we're here to support you but we also know that a lot of people haven't done this before and right. so you're flying a little blind when you go into that conversation of like, all right, what's everybody else do? We can guide you through that so that you can kind of figure out what makes the most sense for your organization. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Cause at least you guys, you can start somewhere and change it later. Right. If you want to. Exactly. That's exactly right. Start small, whatever it is. Don't start with a big number and work your way back. Start <laughs> small and you can always work your way up. But we also see like now is a time where companies that had, were flush with cash for a few years are scaling back. And that's also the benefit of stipends. Like those employees still have just as many benefits. They have a smaller budget, but they have just as much flexibility. Whereas if you had a bunch of different individual perks, you're going to have to cut some of them because it's too expensive because you're paying for each individual thing. This is a way to get the most bang for your buck in a recession. Yeah, that, that I didn't think about that, but that's, a no brainer. Mm -hmm. um, so how would you go about, and you just said you had experience with this, like communicating a program like this to desk list employees and help them take advantage of it. So you just still have, they do still have to have an email address. We do, because that's just part of the, the verification because you don't want a random person getting access to your benefits, of course. <laughs> uh, and so there is that, uh, but they can access it through their phone. They can access it through the web if they want to use a computer at home. Um, or something like that. But we're finding like, and we work with companies, like if you have a production room floor and you want to put up a poster, you could certainly do that as well. So we, we work with companies on that communication strategy, but we find that most employees are checking their email, like not during the day necessarily, but they know when their benefits are there and they don't want to miss out. And so they're using them at a very, very high level, even if they're not behind a desk every day. Nice. Okay, so is there anything else? We're almost out of time. Is there anything else you want to share about comps and deskless employees before we run out of time? I, one thing that I would note, like I think that it, it's it's an underserved, and you notice this at, at the top of the and the entire conversation. Like it is an underserved group, and that is where I'm really passionate about this. It is one thing, especially the the lower income deskless workers is who I'm thinking about in particular. It's one thing if you're making a six figure salary and getting access to all these amazing things. But I think there's so much more impact something like this can have for those employees that are, you know, working an hourly job, you know, working in a place that where they're making, you know, $30,000, $40,000 a year. This can have a huge impact on their lives and support them. So as an example, one of the um, companies we we're working with had a family stipend in place. And through COVID, you know, everybody was in lockdown. They were stuck at home. Kids are running around because they're out of school, can't go to school. And the person's hot water heater broke. So they were literally in the middle of complete chaos in their house. And now they don't have hot water, but they could use that stipend to help offset the cost of replacing their hot water heater because that's what their family needed right then and there. Something wow. like that has a massive impact on yeah. an employee, on their life and their affiliation with your company of like, you supported me when I needed some help. 
you're going to get a very different interaction with your employees when you're doing things like that. And even if it was just a couple hundred dollars, that has that impact. And so I think that thinking about how you impact people's lives, that's where I think this can have an, a major, major um, application across the deskless space. 100% agree. Okay, so we are about out of time. Um, and I would love for you to share with people how they can connect with you, connect with Comp, and learn more about how you can help them engage and retain their employees. Sure. So they can learn about us at our website, uh, Compt.io, C-O-M-P-T. It's in my little name here. Uh, or if you want to reach out to me directly, it's just amy at comp.io. I get a nice short email address, the beauty of a short first name. So happy to chat with anybody who wants to reach out as well. Okay. Well, I hope that we have you back again to share more information about what's going on in the deskless world. Um, and so uh, we will also drop that information. So people, if they miss that, they can, they can still reach out to you. Um, so come back and visit us again. Amy, thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much, Thanks so much for having me. It was great. All right, everyone, thanks for joining us today. We're taking a little bit of a break um, over the 4th of July weekend. So we'll be back on July 13th at noon central um, with, uh, uh, I think our guest will be the CEO from Cover. So I'm very excited about that. In the meantime, you can find out more information about Ant Hill on our website, www.anthill.co. Have a great day. <laughs>